be, spirit, be a spiritual people. Not just saved, but spiritual, okay? And there was a lot to that. It was pretty deep. Pretty, pretty, there was a lot of stuff there. But I want to do this. This is a three-part, but it, if it gets lengthy, I might have to do part two and stuff. But I, I want to talk about the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord, capital D. And that's always referring to the day that Jesus comes back. The day he comes back. Not, not in a rapture sense, but at the, end, at the end of time, he comes back and sets up his thousand-year reign, which is the seventh day of the week. Amen. <laughs> Talk about tabernacles. Of the seven feasts that the Jews celebrated, they've all been fulfilled in history. Passover was Jesus' crucifixion. Pentecost, right? So all the feasts have been fulfilled except tabernacles. And that feast will be fulfilled during the thousand-year reign. We're going to literally camp with Jesus for a thousand years. Pretty cool camping, amen. It's going to be great. So tabernacles is very important. Anyway, the day, capital D, of the Lord. The reason why this is so heavy on me, and by the way, I'm not... I don't know that I'm going to preach as much as teach, and I just need to talk to you. In fact, I gave them instructions that we're not going to put, at least this message, I don't know, maybe all the messages, we're not going to put them on the radio. The Lord did not call me in this moment to prepare the city. He told me to prepare you. So the, these are not going to be, I, I don't think we're on Facebook. It's going to go, uh, later on it'll be posted on our Facebook page. So if you're a part of that, you can watch it there. But it's not going public. We're not going on the radio with this. It's not, it's not because I'm afraid. You know, at my age, I can care less what I say. <laughs> Hello, old people. Right? You get to that point where <laughs> I'm old and I'm going to say whatever I want. Old people drive cars like that, too. They're like, they get in the driveway, put it in the reverse, and they say, I'm old and I'm coming out. They don't use their blinkers. They just say, I'm turning left. Deal with it. Amen. That's old people. Y'all better pray for me today, I tell you. So, the, so I feel like I need to preach a few messages, and I'm not going to so much talk about timing. I'm not going to so much talk about what's going on in the world and try to link that. I just want to get into the Word and talk about what the Word says about the last days. Jesus says a lot about it. Paul says a lot about it. John says a lot about John is the only one that talks about the Antichrist, Antichrists. So there's, there's a lot to be said there, and we need to get a hold of it uh, and get ready. Remember, remember John the Baptist, his ministry was what? To prepare the way of the Lord. 
We're going to talk more about that next week because he came in the power of Elijah to prepare the way of the Lord. And he came in the spirit and power of Elijah. And that means, how many know Jesus is coming again? And there's not going to be a John the Baptist, but there's going to be a spirit of Elijah that's coming in. And I, I'm hoping I can preach under the power of that spirit of Elijah to get us ready. Now, I know, I know some of you think I'm not anointing unless I'm yelling at you and do a Baptist hack. I can be very quiet and reasonable and under the anointing of God. Some of you don't know it because... Just like with the singing, some of us only think God moves when we feel it. And sometimes that has nothing to do with emotions. You just know he's here. You just know it's right. You just know God's doing it. Come on. So that spirit is upon us. Malachi chapter 4, 5 and 6, one of my favorite, one of my foundational scriptures, right? Behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Boy, you know, we could talk about this for an hour, the fatherless society that we're now, there's, right now, if you got a mom and a dad and children, you're a minority. <laughs> You're a minority. And it's killing us. It is killing us. It, 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 it's really bad. It's really bad in African American where, where 70%, 70% of the households are single, are single mothers or single dads. This is a trick of the enemy. It's a device of the enemy to destroy the family. And it's only getting worse. How many know it's only getting worse? Uh, okay, enough of that. Uh, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to their fathers. And if that doesn't happen, I'm going to strike the earth with a curse. And that's exactly what we're dealing with right now. Right now, we're under that curse. So let's get into the key scriptures. I don't know how much or if anything I'll say about these. You know I can't, you know I'm going to say something. <laughs> and I promise you I'm not going to go long. And, and I know every time I say that, people say, ah, preacher, don't worry about it. You preach for two hours, we'll stay. Yeah, all three of you. I know you. I understand that. Uh, first of all, I don't know physically I could go that long <laughs> in my current condition. But, but, but here's the thing. These are deep things. And I don't know that you can pack. I don't know you can take home an hour's worth of this or an hour and a half of this. Uh, so I'm going to try to keep it to 30 to 40. And if we need to do two Sundays, we will. Are we all in agreement? Everyone understand? <clears throat> so there's going to be three titles, maybe more than three messages. But I want to talk about, they all start with A so you can remember. And the first one is the spirit of Antichrist today. The spirit of Antichrist, that's today's message. Next week it will be the spirit of the anointing. And the next one will be the spirit of Antioch. 
And we'll explain all that as we go. But let's get into the, we need to kind of spend, and I hate to, I hate to spend time talking about the Antichrist, but I, I'm not just going to talk about him, but we need to understand the spirit that we're living with and dealing with. You know, John said we're already dealing with it, and that was 2,000 years ago. So we need to kind of understand that spirit, okay? And we'll also talk about other things. It'll be a positive message. But Hebrews, let's look at the foundation of this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 and 6. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some today. I'm going to put today in there. But exhorting one another, encouraging one another, preaching to one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. As the day is approaching, church attendance is actually declining. The more we need it, the less we think we do. The more we need to prioritize this, the less we do. The more we give in to all the other things we think we have to do on Sunday morning. And the world and the school systems and, uh, and our jobs and everything's piling in on us to keep us from Sunday morning, to keep us from assembling together. There's something powerful about that. See, I don't need to go to church to be saved. Well, bless your heart. We get together because we're family. And I know some of you, when your families get together, it's called dysfunction. If you're the kind of person who doesn't think you need to go to church, you might still be saved on your way to heaven, but you are dysfunctional. This is not going to be an easy message, so get over yourself. You're dysfunctional. Well, I don't like those people. Well, there's too many hypocrites in the church. Well, there's a lot of them in hell. Just saying. We need more people who will be examples of what a Christian ought to look like. And not, and not angry and unforgiving and grudging. Oh, see, I'm not going to remark on the scriptures. Romans chapter 13. And do this, knowing the time, that now, say now, it is high time, come on Paul, to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed, the night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, knowing this, again, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. By the way, this scripture applies to evolutionists. Oh, that's another whole sermon. Oh, things have always been like they've been. No, there's that thing called the flood <laughs> that changed the world. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. Are you proud of me? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They won't put up with it. 
but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Fables. The other day I was watching this series on Adolf Hitler and getting into his... what. What made the man tick? How, how, did, how did Germany follow him? And they said, one thing about Hitler is he was a good listener. I thought, what? He was a dictator. He didn't care what anyone. No, no. He knew what people thought they wanted, and he played on that. And there's coming a time when people will play on what they think you want and use that against you to draw you away from the truth. Wow. I just said something there. Whew. It was so good on bringing the ushers back. <laughs> Second Thessalonians chapter 2. We're, we're moving right along. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, capital D, will not come. Two things. Unless... Unless the falling away comes first. I don't know if COVID was the falling away, but a lot fell away. Again, I'm going to say a lot of things just to put things in your head. There are things I can prove and things I can't prove, but I'm wondering. And I want you to think about it. If, if, that, if, this, if we're not already in the great falling away, what happened during COVID is an example of how it can and will happen. You would think people would come to the Lord instead of fall away. Number two, the man of sin is revealed. The son of perdition, Antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God. Aren't we the temple? But he's got him a temple because he's antichrist. He copies everything the Christ. So he's got a temple. That's interesting. I'll come back to that. He sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. It's coming. Do you not remember that I was still with you? I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. Wow. Where am I? Second Thessalonians. Okay, oh, oh, we're going to keep going. Couple more. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Isn't it? Lawlessness. Everything's, you know, we're going to legalize killing babies. We're going to legalize marijuana. I could, Lord, I couldn't even get an amen there. I, I mean, an anti amen. I mean, we. I know we joke about smoking marijuana, but they say it is 500 times stronger than it was when I was doing it back in the day. It's some serious stuff nowadays, and I don't think we should pass it. Come on. Amen. 
I quit that a couple years ago. I quit. I quit. See, someone's got to take me seriously. It'll be on Facebook within the hour. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then the lawlessness, lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. I don't care how bad it gets. We win. (laughs) The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. He's going to look like a Christian. With all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. you got to love the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. If you want to believe the lie, he'll let you. Remember when he hardened Pharaoh's heart? So what sin? Why would you? What does that mean? He hardened. In other words, he fully allowed Pharaoh to do whatever he wanted to do. And if you want to choose to believe a lie, he'll allow you to completely make that choice. And you can believe it with everything you got. Do not believe the truth, but had pleasure. In unrighteousness. First Thessalonians chapter 4. You tired? You okay? First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. I know some of you think all I'm doing is reading scriptures and you're not going to pay me this week, but I do have some things to say. <laughs> For I do not want you to be ignorant. And I say, Amen. Yeah. Brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Ah, yeah. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to share something that's going to upset some of you. But again, I'm old. I can care less. I'm not telling you what to believe, but I want you to understand something. The word rapture is not even in the scriptures. Okay, you need to understand that. In fact, the church as a whole really didn't even understand anything about the rapture until about 200 years ago. So the first first 1,800 years, no one preached rapture. They preached the second coming. We know he's coming back like he left. Come on. So what about the rapture? I don't know. I'm going to say what I've been saying for decades. I don't know when the bus is coming. 
but I'm going to be on the first load. I'm ready. It, listen, it doesn't matter what you believe about the rapture. If you're saved, when he comes, you'll go, you're fine. One of the reasons I need to preach this, and I want you to hear me, don't tune me out. I want you to hear me because for some people, we've got it in our heads that we will not face any persecution. We're going to be sheltered from all that. Tell that to the first century church who were fed to lions. Tell that to Protestants who were killed by Catholics. And by the way, some Protestants killed Catholics too. Tell that to the Chinese today and those in communist Russia that lost their lives because they're a Christian. Tell that to people who are, and you know, listen, most, most Muslims are, 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 are good people. I don't want to condemn everybody. But how many know there's that radical fringe that will kill Christians in a minute and do? I want you to hear this statistic. More people have died a martyr's death in the last hundred years than all the martyrs put together the previous 1900 years. The rapture might not occur at the beginning of the tribulation. Oh, it got quiet in this Presbyterian house. I don't want to depress you. <clears throat> Let me put it this way. There are good arguments for everything. I can sit here today and I can convince you the rapture occurs before the tribulation using types and shadows and all that stuff. I can also convince you that it will occur in the middle of the tribulation. I can also convince you that it will occur after the tribulation. So I'm not going to do any of that. I just say, be ready. <laughs> be ready. There is a very good chance that we will go through the tribulation. Now, I say, Pastor, what sense does it make for the rapture to occur after the tribulation when Jesus is coming back anyway? You don't understand that people who, who read that, when they read that, meeting him in the clouds, when they read that, uh, what that meant to them, because back then, kings, kings, uh, uh, they they didn't have ways of connecting to their empire, so they would travel a lot. They would go from city to city. They'd bring all their court, and they would go and come to a city. And what they would do is they would uh, they would. This is during the ancient times and during the Middle Ages, and they would camp out outside the city, and uh, and the authorities. Oh, remember that. I'm going to preach on that next week the authorities in the city would go out to him and they would camp with him that night. And in the morning, they'd all come into the city, march in together. And when people read that, they, they, were, they were getting that in their spirit that if we are raptured, we're, we could be raptured just before he comes back and we meet him in the air and get on our white horses Giddy up. 
and we come back with him to end this thing and to rule and reign with him a thousand years. Now that's entirely possible. I'm just saying, be ready, be ready, be ready. Matthew 24, verse 29. Watch this. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Wow. Right? And I think one more verse. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see, everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Everyone will see him when he. They're going to be singing. What a day that will be. (laughs) When my Jesus I shall see. Oh, glory to God. Come on now. So we need to be ready for the great tribulation. The spirit of Antichrist is already here. I don't have any problem with believing he's already alive. And the image of the beast is already being constructed. I don't have any problem with that. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. John, like I said, is the only one that talks about it. Little children, it is the last hour. That was 2,000 years ago. And, it, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists, have come 2,000 years ago. We're very much in that spirit now. By which we know the hour is near. Listen. Chapter 2, verse 19. He's talking about people now, this is part of the Antichrist thing. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Wow. Verse 22. But who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. It's important to understand the Trinity because because that's going to be part of the Antichrist thing. He's going to tear that up. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is anti-Christ. Anybody getting this? 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world, but this you... By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. That he is fully man, fully God. Right? And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the Spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. We're going to to preach some powerful things on that next week that's really going to encourage you. But I want you to understand what John says about this. Okay, now, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in these last days. And, And I can't spend a lot of time here, but the main thing it talks about is 
giving, giving and going back and forth about marriage. In other words, marrying a lot of people or just sexual perversion. That is the sign of the times. That's what clicked it for God. And wicked men, men of renown, giants, right? And apparently what's happening in the last days is certain men were being elevated as like many gods, right? We're not that many generations removed from Noah and his three sons. And the world has become very wicked, sexually perverse. Come on. The sons of God, I don't believe they're angels. I just believe they're people who knew better, who were supposed to be godlike. We're now intermarrying where they shouldn't have. There's all kinds of wickedness going on. And we're in those last days right now where men of renown are rising up. And, 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 every, and the family, see, the fa- see, if you're marrying two or three wives, you've destroyed the concept of marriage. Please say amen. I'm beginning to wonder how many wives you all got. What's going on there? All right. <laughs> this is the day we're living in. This is the age with the days of Noah. And there's a lot more we can talk about this, making money. It's interesting that, that uh, the last ancestor of Cain, remember Cain? The last ancestor of Cain is Tubal-Cain before the flood, and he's the one that invented technology. He he learned how to work with steel and metal and and precious precious metals, and he's the one, you know, he developed the sword. He develops the plow. He envelops tools. I mean, he's the one that begins to, in other words, technology took him down. How many know we're in an age of technology that's gone amok to the point of changing DNA? So there's a lot going on, and we're living in the last days as it was in the days of Noah. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's go to Moses. I'm I'm trying to be quick. How many are still with me? Wow, that's pretty strong. Okay. I I feel good about five more minutes. Okay. So we need to talk about Moses because Pharaoh is a type of Antichrist. He's trying to keep God's people in bondage. And the cry is, let my people go that they might worship me. Amen. That they might worship. So he's a type of Antichrist. You know, one of the questions that has come up, even Jewish people ask it, is why God waited 430 years to send Moses to get them out of Egypt. Why didn't he do it a lot earlier? (laughs) Why didn't he do it during the Holocaust? A lot of questions. But I think there's one major difference. One thing, the only thing that happened that's different than the previous 430 years is that babies were being killed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
How many know God is a defender of the innocent? I want to talk for just a minute about COVID. That lasted three years. And I want to compare it to all things, of all things, abortion. And what God is doing and what, what God has been doing. I want you to understand that the first abortion law, the first law that allowed abortion was in Hawaii. Three years before Roe v. Wade. Three years, remember that. The next place was in New York City. So you got the Western Gate, now you got the Eastern Gate opened up to abortion. And of course, New York just went crazy. New York went crazy with it. And it became a threshold, an open door, an open gate for the whole country. Three years later, 1972, the year I graduated, 1972, Roe v. Wade was passed. It's one thing for people to do it. It's something else for the state to sanction it. And when that proclamation happened, everything changed. And at the beginning of COVID, we celebrated the 50-year jubilee anniversary of Roe v. Wade. More on that. So from the first three years of abortion, from when it first happened in Hawaii to when the gates were flung open in New York and and you've got Roe v. Wade, they estimated how many babies were aborted in those three years. It was 1.2 million in just three years. So if you look up how many people died of COVID in those three years, exact same three years. Remember, the anniversary of Roe v. Wade was the beginning of COVID. So when you look at those three years, the statistics say 1.2 million. Abraham Lincoln said something interesting about slavery. He said, the blood of the lash had to be paid for with the blood of the sword. In other words, 600,000 people died in the Civil War, and I think it was because something had to be paid for. Slavery was paid for. My God. How many know Roe v. Wade has been overturned? (laughs) In in 2020, by the way, they said, when when is the breakout moment? The breakout moment was over the feast of Passover in 2020. I don't know if you remember that or not. But during Passover, it broke up. By the way, what did God tell his people to do during Passover? To shut yourself up in the house. And so we did. But it was for three years. Well, almost. I don't know how long we were shut up, but quite a bit of that, right? So, (laughs) oh, Lord. So, 1972, Roe v. Wade, 
on September in the fall at the Feast of Trumpets, the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, when they blow the trumpets, which is very important. On that day, on that night, Friday night, September 18th, 2020, is when the Feast of Trumpets began. And that's, that's, you know, that's the height, that's the fall, that's when the height of this thing really was kicking in. Guess who died that night at sunset when the Jews were blowing their trumpets all over the world? Ruth Boehner Ginsburg. And Trump had just a few weeks to find, to find a replacement. And guess who he found? Right? Amy Coney Barrett, who was born 1972, 50 years old. Remember, Moses was delivered in order to save God's people? What if she had been aborted? She was saved. She was the lady in the bulrushes. <laughs> she was saved. She became a member of the court, and it was her vote that was the deciding vote that overturned Roe v. Wade. 50 years later. Can you give God praise? Amen. We could spend a lot of time on this because the dates match up exactly almost right, right to the time of day. It's so, it's so, it's almost, I hate to use the word spooky, but it's almost like spooky. How God, because how many know what Jubilee is? Jubilee is the day of, it's the 50th day or 50 years, but it's the reversal of everything. It's the reversing. It's the day. It's the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus was in the temple. He said, this is the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus' ministry happened during Jubilee. So he is the reversal of, of bondage. Amen. All the slaves are set free on, on Jubilee. Amen. It's, it's the 50th year. So God reversed the curse of Roe v. Wade exactly 50 years to the day that it was that it was administered. Isn't God, isn't God amazing? <laughs> yeah. He said, well, it's still around. Yeah, it is, but it's not, it's not sanctioned by the Supreme Court anymore. That part of it has been reversed. Now every state has to fight that out. And by the way, that's on the ballot in November, and you need, you need to vote appropriately. So God, God changed all this. It's you know, we, we talk so much about, about Moses and, 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 and I'm just deciding what to say, what not to say. But Moses becomes the deliverer. Okay, let me say this. I came across this statistic that that there was not one, listen to me, not one healthy, healthy child died of COVID. Almost the great majority, what, 60, 70% of those who died from COVID were my generation. The generation that passed Roe v. Wade was the generation under the plague. 
And more people died in New York City than anywhere else, and that was the gateway for abortion, and it was the gateway for COVID. They said 70% of the transmission came through New York City. <laughs> Is God trying to tell us something? He's in charge of all this. I like how he protected us. It doesn't mean that nobody, it doesn't mean, listen, it's the same thing with the tribulation. If we got to go through the tribulation, I, I don't know. Don't know what you'll have to face. But there will be people who will be supernaturally delivered. There, there, there will be some amazing stories of how God protects us. And, 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 and you say, well, well, the rapture is, is symbolic of Noah. You know, Noah. Yeah, but Noah didn't get raptured. He, had, he got put in a boat for a year. So there's no promise of rapture, but there is, there is some promise of deliverance. There's promise that God can keep us through all this. But listen, some of us will die and some of us will lose our heads. Physically. I mean, it could be a terrible time. And church, I need to get you ready. At some point, I may not be able to preach to you anymore. These are the days we're living in. I told you I'm not going to get into timing and all that stuff, but there are people, you know, there's the, the, there's the Shemitah, the seven years. Seven years times seven is 49 years, and then the 50th year is, is the Jubilee. And some people think that we're currently in the second year of a Shemitah, that last year in September, that, that was uh, uh, the Jewish New Year, that was the beginning of a seven-year period if we're that close and the tribulation starts at a seven-year period, it could start in five years, six years. We're, we could be that close. Or our math might be totally off. And it could start tomorrow. <laughs> but that last seven years is very close. And we don't know. I, I know I'm depressing some of you and you thought that Woo, I won't have to go through that. Yeah, you might. <laughs> and even if you don't, who knows what we have. There is, there is no promise that you're not going to be. Jesus said you will have persecution. Yeah. You will. Why? Because you look like Jesus. Come on. So I want to look like Jesus. Reconsider. <laughs> Make sure you know what you're talking about. Because when you start looking like Jesus, more and more you're going to stand out. You can, try to, you can try to be a secret Christian all you want, but eventually it's going to start coming out. You're one of those Jesus freaks. What we do on Sunday morning is becoming more and more rare and weird and awkward and something people hate and want to oppose and they hope you all die. And they think we're all old anywhere, but look around you. There's young people everywhere here. Amen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to live forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> so I, I, I got to close. I got to close and we'll get into some things. I, I got to get into Matthew chapter 24, but that, I have to read 40 verses. 
<clears throat> but you need to hear what Jesus said, so we're not going to get into that today because we'll ne- that's, another, that's another whole message right there, right? But we need to hear what Jesus said because the disciples said, when is the end? <laughs> so let's hear what Jesus says. Amen? And it's part of the anointing that we're going to receive in the last days. But let me, let me, let me, there are so many, so many types and shadows of the Antichrist throughout Scripture. But one of them, and I just need five minutes. Amen. Watch this. Saul, King Saul, is a type of the Antichrist. Why? Because Samuel was leading them, he's a prophet. The prophetic is leading them. The word of God is leading them. And what did the people say? No. Give us a king. We want a king. We want to be like the other nations. And Samuel said, no, no way. And finally God says, you know, that's what they want. Let them have it. That's what they want. Let them have it. All right. Will you stay with me if I get into something else? <laughs> Spirit of Antichrist. So, so anyway, let me, let, let me finish with Saul real quick. So Saul becomes, so God takes the anointing off him. Now remember what John said, the Spirit of Antichrist comes from people who used to be or claimed to be Christians. Antichrist is not a heathen, he's an ex-Christian. He comes out from us. And that's why so many are deceived. You better know your word. Because he's not going to be some secular evil person. He's going to be a spiritual person with signs and wonders from the, from the, from the false prophet. Now watch this. He's the Antichrist. Christ is going to rule and reign where? On earth in the temple, in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the center of everything, and it still is. And people are saying, I can't wait for the temple to be built. Are you sure? I, I, don't, I don't know that I can prove this. I just, this is something you need to think about. Now watch this. <laughs> If Jesus is going to rule and reign from, from Jerusalem, the Messiah, the Christ, doesn't it make sense that the Antichrist will rule and reign from Jerusalem? And in Matthew 24, Jesus talks about you know, fleeing to the hills. So the, 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 the center of all this Antichrist thing is going to come from Jerusalem. And how many know Antichrist has a temple? I read that to you. So we love the Jewish people and all that stuff, but listen, their way of doing things is lifeless and dead. We do not, we are not saved by killing animal sacrifices anymore. But that's what's going to happen when the, when the, when the temple They're going to start sacrificing again, and it's going to confuse Christians because there's going to be a lot of power coming out of that. But the law 
the first covenant cannot save you. Jesus said, I give you a new covenant. So don't be confused by all the powerful things that are going to come out of Jerusalem. Now people say, what is the image? How many, want to, how many want me to say something about the image of the beast? The false prophet gives it, he said life in the King James, but it literally means breath. And he's going to speak and he's going to... And if you don't worship him, by the way, if you're going to worship a beast, I always wondered what the beast would be. I figured it would be this big statue, you know. I remember when I was just a kid, I was probably about Kyle's age, and we, we never went anywhere, but one day we decided we're going to go to Brainerd, big vacation spot, Brainerd, Minnesota. <laughs> Y'all never even heard of Brainerd. When you're going on vacation, you don't go further north than you are already. So there's, there's, <laughs> there, there's, there's this little, some kind of rinky-dink amusement park. This is 1960, okay? <clears throat> I mean, we, we've got better things on the street fairs out here. <laughs> but you go through the gate, and it was, it was called Paul Bunyan Land. I mean, Minnesota's the land of Paul Bunyan, Right? We fight, we fight for the axe for, for Wisconsin for that. So you got Paul Bunyan land. You go through, the, you pay your admission, and the kids go on, and they ask the parent, what's the name of your child? Of course, I didn't know that. I was six years old, whatever I was, five. I go on in, they go on in, and Paul Bunyan, I'm not kidding, it was as tall as this building. He is huge. He's sitting in a chair. He's got his big axe. He's got his blue ox. I don't know if you know the story of Paul Bunyan. And, and, and he is, I'm like, this is 1960, okay? We didn't have Nintendo. I didn't know. I thought, oh, my. And his mouth moved. And I've always thought this would be the image of the beast. This big statue, right? And when I walked in, I didn't know when my parents, uh, when I walked in, his mouth would move, and he had this big, deep voice, and it said, hello, Bruce. I freaked out. Paul Bunyan knows my name. Worship the beast. You would too. But as I was getting into this, I, I now wonder that the image of the beast might actually be the temple. I mean, people come to worship. I don't think people nowadays are going to worship a dumb statue. I mean, people are smarter than that, right? But remember that if you didn't worship, they called fire down from heaven. Isn't that what happened during Moses' time? Those that were rebelled against the Lord, fire came down. And, and he said there would be fire in the temple. Isn't that the pillar of fire? 
So what if you had this rebuilding of the temple and you got the Antichrist and you got this pillar of fire sitting over it? Now Christians are like, whoa, maybe the Jews are right about some of these things. You know, God's with the Jews. No, that's anti-Christ. Let me ask you this. Who are the only people in the world waiting and praying for a Messiah? Anti-Christ. Anti-anointing. So I don't know that it is, but if it is, we know the temple is already being assembled. You know, they can build parts of that in secret, and it's coming together. It won't take long. The temple can be built, and when it does, Antichrist will have his temple, and Christians will be deceived. This is the great falling away, and people will be deceived, and Christians will fall away because they don't know their Bible and they don't know their Jesus. Amen. And the only people waiting for the Messiah say, he's here now. Yeah. And you say, well, the Jew, I love the Jews. You can love the Jews, but they're behind the veil. Yeah. They don't know. They're waiting for Messiah. And when the temple gets lit up, and people are dying who don't worship, people are going to follow that. So these are the times that we're near to, very close to. By the way, I'm not saying what I just said is Bible. I'm just saying, watch it. Be aware of it. Because Satan really, it makes sense for him to lead from Jerusalem as Jesus will. It makes sense for him to have a temple like Jesus will. Everything Jesus does, he imitates he calls fire down from heaven like God did. He breathes. Oh. We're going through all this. COVID started on the feast of Passover. How many know during that time America was on fire? The, what's his name, Floyd? When that broke out? Do you know that was right around the Feast of Pentecost? <laughs> the fire fell, and the fire fell, but it was the fire of judgment. And then Roe v. Wade overturned as tabernacles. So <laughs> the feasts are running things, and everything's falling in line just as it, just as it should. I'm not here to scare you. I'm not here to mess with you. I'm not, I hope I'm not preaching fear. <clears throat> I'm preaching wisdom. Because the church in America is absolutely clueless. We, people, listen, the majority of people are coming to be entertained. They're, they're coming. If the, if the preacher doesn't do what they want, they'll, they'll starve them out. They'll fight. They'll fuss. They'll feud. The church in America is in terrible shape. And we're the ones that are supposed to stand against the Antichrist? We can't even come to church if it snows half an inch. So these are the times that are going to get worse. Worse. 
And again, I need to remind you over, and it, does, it seems to be falling on deaf ears to some people, but we need to keep assembling. And we really need to strengthen our small groups because we could fall back on that when the government takes the buildings. That better be Jesus. That's uh, okay, preacher. You've preached long enough. I... That's the alarm. Stand with me. I'm done. I'll take that as alarm. I could talk about this all day long. There's so much to talk about. The spirit of Antichrist. Did you notice that Saul tried to act all spiritual? And when the enemy attacked, remember Samuel the prophet was late. We're not late, but he said, I'll be there in seven days. And there it is, the seventh day, and the Philistines are ready to attack. And Samuel's not there to offer a sacrifice, so he steps in and offers one. And he's not a priest. He's trying to be spiritual, and he's not spiritual. And that's a sign of the Antichrist. He's going to act spiritually. He's going to act like the Savior. And Samuel comes in and he says, the Lord is going to rip the kingdom from you. And he went on to rule, but he never heard from God again. And Samuel anoints a little boy named David. Isn't it amazing how it's always the second born or the second guy, and the second Adam, and oh, we can preach that a long time. But what does, Sam, what does Saul do? He spends the rest of his reign trying to kill God's anointed. They tried to kill the babies so Moses wouldn't rise. They tried to kill the babies so Jesus wouldn't reign. And they're trying to kill the babies again to keep the spirit of Elijah from rising. But the church, the real church, is standing in the name of the Lord and will not kill its sons and its daughters. If that's something that that you did early in your life, Thank God for forgiveness. I'm not here to fuss at you and beat you up. I'm not. I'm just talking about the overall thing is we need to make a stand. We need to stand against this wickedness. It was when they started killing babies. Let me finish my thought that I started at the beginning of this message. The only thing that was different about that 430 years is that now they're killing the babies. And God says, enough's enough. I don't know if you've ever thought of it that way or not, but this whole thing of killing innocents might be the thing that rouses God's justice. Who else can defend them? And oh, I just, I just had a vision. What is it? Just, I think just in America, 60 million now. I 
forget who it was, but they, you know one of these guys that dies and goes to heaven and he comes back? I forget who, which one it was. And he said, I saw, I saw God on the throne. And all around him were these infants that were flying around his head. 60 million of them. And they were all flying around his head. And he said sometimes they would go in and he'd breathe in. They'd breathe. (laughs) And he said, these were the aborted babies. They're in heaven, my friend. They're, They're not forgotten. They're not forsaken. They're with him. They're with him. Life begins at conception. Father, I pray I've I've done right by you today. I pray that I've preached what you wanted me to preach. I pray, I know some are perhaps upset and confused. My only goal, Lord, is to get us ready, get us ready, get us ready. Get us ready, get us ready, get us ready. Whatever comes is going to come. Whatever we must face, we must face. But we need to make up our minds now. We will stand. We will not be deceived. We will not be deceived. We know the word. We know we're saved by the blood. We know we're living in the new covenant. And we will not be fooled by signs and wonders or threats and powers. And we will not follow the anti-Christ. But we will keep our eyes on the Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Don't act like you're all that. Let me tell you, if you don't have Jesus, you will be deceived. You're going to have some serious questions and serious doubts. And you're going to have some serious choices to make when someone's pointing a sword at you. Some of us are so ashamed of Jesus. We, our co-workers don't even know we are Christians. We're secret Christians. Well, that's not going to get it, my friend. It's time to follow the Christ. He's got to shorten the days or none of us would survive. Just because you live in America doesn't mean you're exempt from what's coming. The laws are being changed to facilitate this persecution. 
Some of us can't deal with just someone saying something on Facebook. They hurt my feelings. Oh, my God. They're going to hurt more than your feelings, friend. By the way, all this technology and everything, yeah, they can track you. <laughs> they know you. He's probably, he's probably listening right now. Yeah. Some people think they can see you on the TV. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. It was technology that brought the flood on. It was technology that, that messed up the Tower of Babel. <laughs> it was technology. I'm not anti-technology. I'm not saying go, go, go stomp on your phones. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we've replaced God with technology in many cases. And it's time to trust Jesus. Listen, it's time you learn. It's time you learn how to stand on your own. Because you may have to. You may have to. You may have to. I'm tempted to get into 12 other things and spend another two hours, but I won't. Get, get, come back next week when we talk about the anointing. I'm going to talk about how you're going to fight this thing. <laughs> I'm going to talk about how you become more than an overcomer in this thing. I'm going to preach some things you've never heard before that it's going to help the body of Christ stand. And then the next Sunday... Although I might have to do part two of this. I don't know. But anyway, the next Sunday, we'll talk about the church at Antioch and how that models how we need to do church today. How many are okay if we change a few things? How many are okay if we start? Well, that was 20%. How many are okay? How many are okay if we just start being a New Testament church? How many are okay? see. Everybody's okay until I step on your toe. Let's gather around the table. I just feel like there's some people, you're just really, the Holy Ghost is dealing with you right now. I hope it's not fear. I hope it's just something driving you. You just need to come to this altar and lay some things down on this altar and say, God, I'm tired of fooling around. Or God, I just need to go higher. I need, or I just need to go deeper. I, I, I just, I need to be ready. So someone needs to hit the altars. If you need healing, we'll pray for you for that. But would you come, let's all, before you leave, would you come and have communion? It's the body. It's the blood. It's the new covenant. Remember that. Go home and, and, and Google or get into your concordances. Look up the word covenant and read that. It's all about the new covenant, not the old. And it's very important. Let's, let's, let's do this. Come on, come on, come on. If you need prayer, I'll pray for you. Let's pray. Let's worship. Let's worship.